Hello and welcome to the Impact Your Fitness podcast on the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. My name is Jennifer Schwartz and today I'm going to talk to you about how sports injuries, even from adolescence, impact your fitness. I journeyed into my career with a curiosity and drive to fix my own issues. So (laughs) welcome to the journey. And so many of you might be on a similar journey and it's I admire it. Um, I'm here for it, obviously. I wanted to address, you know, my knee knee tightness and dysfunction, meaning like my knee would not like straighten all the way after a knee surgery. And I was still like pretty functional. But after I retired from playing soccer and after college soccer, my posture started to suffer. I had tight muscles everywhere. And that sent me on this journey uh, into college, into professional training, and into my own practice. Looking back on this period of my life, it's evident that this determination and purpose is important to my identity. It drove me to develop critical thinking skills and help so many other people along the way find new direction with their orthopedic health. So I really wanted to talk to you about something that's not quite known about, which is awareness for something called PTOA. PTOA is post-traumatic osteoarthritis. So adolescent sports injuries impacted my fitness, and it's impacted many of my clients' fitness. But before we get there, let's talk about this research term and um, this arthritis evidence sheet that I put together. Um, It's not going to be on the show notes. It's just what I'm reading off of now. Anyways, I obtained all this information from Stanford University lectures on YouTube. So from Stanford Medicine, quote, osteoarthritis is the most common chronic condition of the joints, affecting 27 million Americans with an economic burden of $185 million per year. 37 and 48% increases in hip and knee replacements occurred between 2015 and 2020 in the U.S. So that's interesting. I mean, that's like a big increase in five years. So that's making me scratch my head. Anyways, osteoarthritis is caused by tissue degeneration or acute injury, and it manifests as joint pain and stiffness. It's really a like a whole organ disease that causes cartilage loss, changes in underlying bone, osteophytes, cyst, and bone marrow lesions, and degeneration of a menisci, synovium, ligaments, um, muscles, and tendons. So it's a whole process of the knee or the joint eating itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned joint wear and tear on episode six. So these two are very, you know, related. But, um, you know, Osteoarthritis was previously thought to be just a combination of wear and tear with age. And so that's where this post-traumatic OA comes in. OA and arthritis, so back up, osteoarthritis and arthritis are different. So that eating of the inside of the joint, that's osteoarthritis. So it's losing 
basically structural components from this disease, OA. And it's so OA is not just arthritis, which arthritis is just the stiffness and inflammation. So it's like a state. So there are are about a hundred pathways to getting just plain old arthritis. But osteoarthritis is associated with inflammation that is found in the joint lining and gene expression that turn the immune system into overdrive. Certain acids and fluents in the joint decline with OA, which create a lower molecular weight and less cushion and less shock absorption. So yeah, there's a lot of people suffering from this, but there's no formal treatment for it, according to these leading researchers at Stanford. And that's kind of wild because I work with it every day. And so that's a whole, (laughs) we'll save that opinion piece for later. Um, But what they are researching currently and helping patients with are things like gait training, shoe recommendations, exercise therapy, that's what I do, supplements like curcumin and cherry juice, topical anti-inflammatories, hydrolonic acid injections, PRP injections, stem cell injections. I've met plenty of people who have tried all the things, and they have gone through an entire battery of supplements and injections and PT with various levels of success from none to a lot. So, you know, (laughs) let's get into like what PTOA is. It's, you know, it's pretty much multifactorial. Its potential risk include structural ligament damage, cartilage damage, meniscus damage, re-injury, you know, lack of movement in the joint, lack of muscle strength around the joint. And, um, you know, There's an inflammatory profile associated with um, any osteoarthritis and post-traumatic osteoarthritis. So behavioral beliefs as well um, play into this, you know, returning to sport, the timing of that, how much physical activity, how much control you have over that, the self-efficacy of the, the patient. Um, so fear of movement, inappropriate beliefs, like all of these play into how much one can basically suffer. So here's the important part. Here's what, you know, is like the takeaway. Osteoarthritis um, will happen 10 to 15 years after a traumatic joint injury. So for me, like tearing my ACL at 15 years old, I got osteoarthritis 10 years later on the dot. And so it accelerates, basically these high school injuries accelerate osteoarthritis by four times. So it's essentially like a lot of joint wear, tear, wrinkles on the inside, they happen with age. Um, It also happens with an inflammatory profile of the person. So there's a lot of risk factors. Um, there's a lot of things to be aware of. And so exercise timing, exercise dosing, strength training profile, all of these things need to be accounted for when you have had traumatic injuries and any surgery in high school. So it's kind of heartbreaking, really, because as a person who loves like coaching athletes and working with younger people, seeing them go through surgeries 
and just accept that as normal and then move on with their life and think that that's not going to come back and bite them is really sad. It's It sucks. But it's a, it is also very true, and it was also a huge vehicle of change for me. So I can't be that mad about it. Let's get back to the science. In a study of 100 athletes with previous knee injury, there were many risk factors assessed for OA development. One of the most troubling and influential ones was body composition, which doubled the risk of OA with increased fat mass. Obesity is a known risk factor for arthritis. Participants with previous knee injuries were also found to be 4.4 times more likely to be in the upper corridor of this fat mass index. So previously injured participants were two times more likely to be in the lowest, you know, quarter of self-reported physical activity. So that is also really, you know, sad. So again, like exercise education, exercise timing, this is all important. There was also a 1.65 increase in osteoarthritis with those who had weak hamstrings and not hamstrings, sorry, quads. And nutrient deficiencies like vitamin D and K are also likely to increase risk factors. So yeah, my thoughts on this, there's no secondary prevention. There's only primary and like tertiary, meaning like you get after it like early um, or tertiary being like you are in a corrective area, right? Secondary, you know, so I'm meaning like that's the only like medical way of doing it. A secondary intervention would be exercise therapy and education. You know, healthcare philosophy is not updated. It's for this. Um, we just over-medicalize and over-medicate um, osteoarthritis. The, a lot of the medications, like, cause more weakness and, like, brittle cartilage. It's pathetic, really. Exercise therapy should be the first line of treatment. And I guess this podcast is uh, a you know, maybe that's what this is. It's a petition for exercise therapy to be the first line of treatment for arthritis. Protocols are essentially obsolete for strengthening arthritic joints. Protocols really don't allow for so many different stages of arthritis. They, um, you know, we really have to be educated on how our body moves and why it's important to be so engaged with exercise. Um, and then when you want to be less engaged intellectually with exercise, meaning like running just for the fun of it or taking that group class and jumping and taking CrossFit and, you know, banging the weights all around. You have to earn that right with a lot of safe exercise, essentially, and a lot of good recovery practices. So the only way to truly work with this long term is to have that understanding of joint forces and and just enough, at least enough to manipulate forces in an exercise and make exercise work for you. All right. There's um, some other things I want to say about age-related joint changes. You know, we've talked about that on the previous episode, you know, but... This PTOA is not usually discussed with 20-somethings and 30-somethings, you know, but I think that's when we all really need to know about it. And, you know, I think it will statistically start to show up um, around 30, and they're not going to know any better. They're just going to keep going. 
In short, how do these terms and conditions impact your fitness, right? (laughs) Um, It's important to keep the joints stable and moving well. Therefore, exercise, strength training, all that stuff's important. That's the fourth time I've said this. What's more important is minding our inflammation. So remember I was saying there's like an inflammatory profile with arthritis. So I can only speak to this in context to separate cases because inflammation is also a very individual, you know, experience. But, um, and the root cause of inflammation is an individual thing. So I think a good use of our last few minutes together is sharing something important about training the shortened range of a joint and how I've seen it be medicinal for many cases of arthritis, including my own. So, um, hmm. Okay, where do I start? From a biomechanical perspective, we are the weakest joint mechanic speaking. Um, the the least amount of muscle torque is being generated in the shortened position. And so this looks like the top of a knee extension when like your leg is totally straight. It's um, when the elbow is closed or fully flexed when doing a curl. When we have arthritic areas or inflammation in general, it's very likely we lose this end range or shortened position altogether. This is called muscle tightness in some cases. This is contributing to more arthritic conditions. So that's not contributing to inflammation, so to speak. Inflammation is a much more holistic way to look at this. This is a much more joint mechanics dialed in point of view. So Because when we don't move the joint, it's creating another problem on its own. It's just not getting stimulated. So it's like committing a crime and then a few cover-ups in the aftermath. So the lack of end range of motion is creating less demand on the joint. This results in atrophy of muscle, bone, and soft tissue. That's very sad. The lack of end range of motion negates one huge factor of the joint tissues, which is distributing nutrients via a mechanical process called inhibition with an M instead of an N. This mechanism works like a sponge. When we compress a sponge, liquid dispenses or disperses. Same for synovial fluid. Compression drives the fluid out and into other areas of the joint. Cool. We want spongy, nice, end range movement. Um, How do we get it? Isometrics. I love isometrics. Or just training the shortened range, like really slow and controlled. Another thing, you know, the lack of motion is problematic because it creates muscle imbalances up and down the chain. And I see this every day. I look at this, I examine it very carefully with my clients. And It's satisfying work because no one else is looking at it. So, cha-ching. All right. So what is, you know, very grounding and satisfying to me is sharing this information with the world. It's not just paying me $200 an hour to do this with your body. We just deserve more options to support our joint health and beyond. Um, We deserve more options than rest it, numb it, cut it, shots, surgery, Generic advice on stretching, also in that category. I also think like just pulling back on exercise is a pretty blanket statement. It's just outdated. It's ageist too, like really. Anyways, most importantly, this narrative of numbing our pain and not exercising 
it puts us in a funnel of managing pain and making us miss out on living with more personal movement freedom and mobility. The goal of my work is to inform you. Unfortunately, with knowledge comes responsibility. (laughs) With this knowledge, your responsibility to your orthopedic and metabolic health is to exercise with care and sometimes even more TLC and also sometimes with tough love. Hmm. How we exercise is aligned to how we see the human body. When pain and chronic injury are present, it's difficult to view the human body as an autonomous healing vessel. The latest science says most of us are going to live for like 100 years, but if we don't pay attention to our joints and our muscles, we're going to be living them in 100 you know, in broken, aching bodies. Chronic pain and poorly functioning muscles can age you faster. You know, like a well-oiled machine, your body needs some fine-tuning and some special attention. And that includes a focus on your muscles. So exercise and specifically strength training has the power to improve our muscle mass and joints, even with disease. Uh, muscle mass is the number one measurement of a quality of life for older adults, but we rarely discuss it in the context of functional aging and exercise. So thank you so much for helping me connect the dots between muscle mass, chronic pain, pain science, and also thank you for being interested in finding exercise that change your body to give you more possibilities. You know, if you want to keep learning um, and learn how to move with intention and focus and love on your body, be sure to continue listening to the podcast. Take the notes or take the next steps over at my website, jennifersimoneschwartz.com, and purchase the Be Your Own Exercise Guru course. You know, you can submit yourself for in-person services over at impactyourfitness.net. We're in Alexandria, Virginia. I'd love to have the podcast listeners come in for treatment. We always have like such amazing conversations um, because you guys are exercise thinkers and I appreciate you. So thanks for being here. I hope this wasn't bad news for you, but just encouragement to continue to focus and love your exercise. Have a great week and I can't wait to continue the conversation on how to impact your fitness.